Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, to another Saints game week, and welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast. The playoffs are finally upon us. Saints fans have been waiting for this moment all year, ever since that 10-game win streak started. Week two, the Saints have been prepared for this moment, hosting in the Dome. They will take on the Philadelphia Eagles, the sixth seed in the NFC. We will break that down in this podcast episode. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. Who Dat Dish podcast is via fansided.com. Be sure to check them out on whodatdish.com as well. If you're not living there, you should be. I am joined by two co-hosts, my two lovely co-hosts. The boys are finally back in town yet again. First time all three of us have gotten together for quite a while. And I'm going to introduce them right now. First, of course, is Charlie Charlie Pollock. Charlie, how you doing, man? You getting those uh, Twitter fingers ready for Sunday? We are the final game um, of this weekend on Sunday. Yeah. It's Sunday, yeah. I, it's Sunday evening for you guys. Sunday afternoon, a little bit. Uh, are, are are you getting prepared? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. First, I'm ha- happy the three of us are back together finally. Yes. I feel like it's been literally months, man, because we had some crazy schedules. We had the holiday season. Um, glad, uh, glad the three of us can get back, and hope the listeners uh, enjoy the three of us ramble instead of you know only two of us ramble. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this game, man. It's uh, it it was one of those kind of pick your poisons of last weekend where you know, okay, let's say we get the Cowboys. Well, we know the Cowboys, but they have a strong defense in Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, well maybe we'll get the Seahawks, and the Seahawks have Russell Wilson, who's literally Houdini, and they're running the ball well, and their defense is playing well. You know, or we get the Eagles, who we killed earlier, but they're playing a lot better, and they have Nick Foles, who's got this weird magic thing going on. So like the whole weekend was like. Obviously, you're sitting down kind of, sort of stress-free, enjoying the games, and then you're running through the different scenarios in your head all weekend of who we can play. And then finally, when you know when the weekend was up, we knew we were, we were playing the Eagles, and I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm real excited. Um, and uh, our other guy on the other, other side of the mic, Tyler, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, hashtag double doink. Uh, how the Eagles won that game. <laughs> But uh, also, hashtag home in the dome. Uh, if you're in New Orleans and you're listening to this podcast, make sure to be very, very loud because we're going to need that crowd uh, to help us beat the Eagles. I'm good, man. You know, like, I always get super excited this time of the year, especially now because the Saints are, like, have control of their own destiny. You know, uh, a bunch of things are going on. You know, uh, I don't know if we'll get into People a little bit. What would you say? Three effing games, according to I know, to right? Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Uh, Sean Payton uh, used a very nice incentive uh, to all the Saints players in a team meeting. He brought in a Lombardi trophy and $225,000 in cash. That's their Super Bowl incentive if they make it uh, for their contracts. He was like, yeah, win three effing games. But uh, other than that, too, I'm good, guys. I'm glad to be back. Glad to have everybody here. Also, really quick, uh, if you guys check out my Twitter at Raymond Tyler M, I was talking to Des Bryant last night. Uh, we exchanged, like, four words uh, at 3 a.m. Yeah, it was pretty weird. Um, so you pretty, much, out. You, you're, you pretty much made it, dude. You're yeah. going to you're gonna blow up and leave the podcast in dust and just, you know, become the oh. superstar. Yeah, uh, I'll have to be professional uh, athlete uh, chatter now on Twitter. That's what I'll have to change it to. Yeah. I'm good, though. I'm glad the Saints win the playoffs. That's all that matters. Professional athlete chatter? Is that – that's that's the that's the title? Yeah, it's almost like one of those jobs where you know, it, like it's emoji translator. Sure, you're 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 like you're like the Charlie Rose of Twitter, right? You you just do all of these interviews, <laughs> kind of interactive. That'd be cool. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to be back with you fellas. It has been way too long. And guys, be sure to follow all of us on Twitter at Raymond Tyler M. Of course, as Tyler mentioned, <laughs> Charlie is at St. Charlie. And in, in my opinion, sorry, Tyler. And, and sorry to myself. Charlie's the best follow out of all three of us. So, so give him a follow. Uh, follow, <laughs> you can, I'm not gonna lie, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's. he's uh, you can follow myself at Dayton underscore Brown underscore, and you can of course follow the podcast Twitter account where we post the links to each new episode, any updates, any polls that we're gonna be doing. We will be doing multiple polls for predictions of the games coming up this week, especially the Saints, of course, and we'll have some other um, predictions thrown in there. So you can follow us at the WDD Podcast uh, and and let us know what you're thinking as well about the games uh, after you listen to what we say whether you agree or disagree we love hearing your guys's feedback and thoughts about the game so uh, let's jump into actually what happened last weekend before we preview this uh, uh crazy game that's about to go down in new orleans so over in the afc both of the underdog teams ended up coming away with victories you had the colts and chargers pulling off huge upsets on the road and both did it due to outstanding performances on the defensive side of the ball now their offenses were both pretty impressive, but they both won the game because of their stout uh, defenses. I think especially the Indi- the Indianapolis Colts, and um, uh, now they will each play offensive juggernauts in the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots um, in the divisional round. The Colts will be at the Chiefs on Saturday, and the Chargers will be at the Patriots on Sunday. Philip Rivers all time owned seven against the um, Patriots. And uh, the Colts and Chiefs have had interesting games in the past. The, the Colts defeated the Chiefs 30 to nothing a couple years ago in the playoffs. And, of course, they had that miraculous comeback uh, uh, a year before that, I believe, or, or two years before that. Um, so very, very interesting matchup. But, of course, you got the one versus the six and then the two versus the five. And for the NFC, we all know about the hashtag double doink. Uh, mm-hmm. Chicago Bears uh, kicker Cody Parkey missing a game-winning field goal. Um, or it actually got, it, it, it tipped, got tipped, yeah. it got tipped, it got tipped and it ended up being barely. a miss. Um, yeah, yeah. Barely got tipped, but he barely missed it. Um, and that miss led to an Eagles victory 16 to 15 in Chicago. In my opinion, the biggest upset, uh, uh, I mean, uh, of the weekend, I think that was much, much bigger than Colts over Texans. Um, and of course the Cowboys were able to fend off the Seahawks at home to advance and play the Rams in LA. They won 24 to 22. Seahawks almost had another crazy playoff comeback. Uh, that, that we've seen against Green Bay a couple years ago. Um, and we almost saw against New England in the Super Bowl. Of course, uh, didn't come to fruition there. And for the Saints, our prayers were answered. We get a rematch with Philly. Um, and and, and Char- Charlie, you mentioned it. It was either going to be going up against Dallas, who beat us earlier in the year, going up against Seattle, who we have not played, but has a Houdini-like quarterback, uh, the number one rushing attack in, in the NFL and, and talented players on defense. Or we're going to get Philadelphia, who even though they have improved uh, since we've last faced them, we blew them out of the waters um, at home in the same place we'll be playing them this Sunday. So, guys, we, we can start over in the AFC to do, do a, a quick uh, roundup of what you guys thought of the games. Colts going over the, the Texans 21-7. to um, and then the Chargers over the uh, Lamar Jackson-led Ravens almost had a comeback, 23-17. to uh, Charlie, I'll start with you, whoever wants to take it. What did you guys think of the games overall? Um, and, and, Charlie, I guess it was big for you, of course, the, the Baltimore game being nearby for you and the whole Lamar Jackson-Joe Flacco debacle that went on. That was, that was a really interesting game. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on all that? You go yeah, first, I mean, Charlie. Okay, uh, really what you saw was um, the, the old mantra, defense – wins championships yes. you know offense wins games defense wins championships and that's 
that was really the theme of all playoffs. I mean, it, it started with the uh, with the Colts and Texans. You know, they didn't they didn't really give up anything. Uh, yeah, what was the final score like? Twenty one to seven or yeah, something like that. Seven, yeah. yeah, I mean that's a low scoring defensive slash running game type of game, and then and then you saw great defense on display Saturday night with uh, with um, with the Cowboys and and really. You know, it's amazing to me that that Russell Wilson was even able to get that team in a position to have a chance. I mean, because nothing was really working for those guys. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think um, Marty Schottenheimer's son, Brian Schottenheimer, the offense coordinator for the for the Seahawks, I, I think he he kind of blew that game. They they should have opened things up and threw it a little bit more. They yeah. were really trying to establish the run. You know, like like any Schottenheimer led offense would, but. You know, when when Russell was able to open it up and throw the ball, they were they made some things happen. But, you know, again, that was just really good defense by by the Cowboys. And then the same, you know, same story in the uh, in the in the Ravens Chargers game. The Chargers kind of shut that Lamar Jackson magic down until the end when they had a little bit of a chance. Um, and then again on on the Saturday, the Sunday afternoon game, it was it was good defense. It was it was the the eagles um you know patching together that secondary and playing good playing good defense against the bears and the bears defense did did their job also um you know against against the eagles the, the bears are just really unfortunate man i mean they 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 give up a fourth down touchdown that that was terrible and then mm-hmm. immediately after Tariq cohen gets like a 50 yard kick return and then a couple Mitch Trubisky throws later, they're in a position to win the game, and you know it was tipped and the double doink happened. But that, mm-hmm. you know that that's sort of that's, you know we, this season we've we've heard about the offenses, the Chiefs and their crazy offense, and the Rams and their offense, and the Saints and what they're able to do, and what the Steelers have been able to do, and the Patriots always had, but the teams who won were the teams who really won in the trenches. First of all, the offensive lines that were able to um, you know get get a surge and dominate in the trenches and then on the flip side the defensive lines that were able to dominate and, and wreak havoc those were all the teams that won yeah. and you know foreshadowing to this weekend I, I think that's going to be the same type of theme I think the defenses that you know are able to step up and meet the challenge of playing in the playoffs will win and and that'll you know, carry us into championship weekend i i just hope you know the saints are the ones who make that happen yeah because, mm-hmm. sorry real quick before you go tyler the i just want to piggyback off what you're saying charlie i i agree and the thing is now the def- defenses that we saw that were so impressive this past weekend are going up against much more uh legendary so to speak offenses uh, it, it, so, so we're really going to need to see these teams step up. Obviously, the um, Eagles are not going to be going up against Mitch Trubisky first playoff game, led Bears. They're going to be going up against Drew Brees and the Saints experience their number one seed, 13-3. and three. Um, and, and same for the – I mean, I, Cowboys are really the only ones who might have – uh, the not not that big of an upgrade there. They they played a great quarterback in offense uh, last game. Uh, but for the the Chargers, they're not going up against rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson and and the confused offense that that we saw of the Ravens. They're going up against Tom Brady, the experienced New England Patriots, who seem unbeatable at home in the playoffs. And then of course, yep. um, the 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 Colts won't be going up against Deshaun Watson, also making his uh, uh, playoff debut. Um, they'll be going up against uh, Patrick Mahomes, who is making his playoff debut, but obviously a lot more impressive in the offense overall. You have Andy Reid and, and uh, compared to Bill O'Brien, 
much more superior offense, more superior uh, weapons there for Patrick Mahomes. So we're really going to need to see these defenses step up, and their 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 jobs have not gotten easier whatsoever at all. Um, yeah, but, you know that's mm-hmm. a great point you make, man. Because I went on this whole rant about you know how the good defenses win, blah blah blah. Well, all of the elite offenses in yeah. the playoffs were on by because they just beat everybody this year. Sure, so sure. it kind of takes my whole you know defense, 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 and says, well, wait a minute. The teams who didn't play are the ones with all the elite offenses. But again, those elite offenses are going to have to play these tough defenses. Yeah. And, and the other way around, you know, like the teams that had a bye are going to have to step up. I mean, the, the Chargers, in my opinion, okay, I'm a homer through and through. Uh, I'm always going to be pro Saints. I mean, I'm pretty subjective when I have to be. But outside of the Saints, I think the Chargers are the most complete team in the playoffs out of all teams. Yeah, remaining. I'd agree. I agree. Yeah. They can run the ball. They got Phillip Rivers, who's, you know, maybe not on the same level, but in my opinion, he's this era's Dan Marino. Um, sure. I, I'd agree. Yeah. 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 And, and the Hall of Famer. His they numbers have, match. Yeah. Yeah. Great pass rushers. Um, a real solid defense. I, I think they're the most complete team in the a- in the AFC. It's just it's just unfortunate that they have to go to go to Foxborough and, and win that game. You know, Phillip Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady in the Patriots before. Um, I think he's 0-7 or something like that. Yeah, he is 0-7. And, like, that whole matchup really intrigued me a lot on the AFC side. And, you know, I kind of was looking around. I don't know where I read. But I I figured, you know, the the Chargers played in Baltimore, which is, you know, East Coast game. And then then the very next week they got to go to Boston. I'm like, well, why would they go home? Why wouldn't they just hit up the Jets and be like, hey, we're about to play your arch rival. Can we just you know, use your facilities and hang out for a week and uh, go beat the Patriots for you? But no, the Chargers went back to California, prepared for a couple of days, and then got back on a plane and going, going out to Boston. So, I mean, they've traveled really well this year coming east, yeah. and that's always kind of a knock against these West Coast teams coming east because – you know, not only is it a far to throw off your 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 weekly regimen and, and such, but you know it's a it's a big time difference. A one o'clock game is what a ten o'clock mm-hmm. game. So, and they've traveled well this year. They they definitely have done done well when they've had to travel east. I just I feel like this is going to be one of those games that just kind of where the team that doesn't deserve to win wins because. I think the Chargers are a better team, but I, maybe the travel, you know, how many thousands of miles over the last week or two for them is it might start to take a toll on them. And unfortunately, they have to go see Tom Brady in yeah. January, which is real tough. Chargers are 9-0 and outside of Los Angeles this year. Wow. They, they, they have not lost when they hop on a plane and travel somewhere else, including that home game that was in London for them. Uh, but yeah, Tyler, what you thinking, man? A lot happened over this this weekend. A lot to take. <laughs> yeah, in. man. To, we we got to marinate in it a little bit. Uh, what wh- what are your thoughts overall, man? Crazy stuff. Well, I'm not gonna like uh, overstep what you guys said. I agree, thousand percent. What you guys said, great defenses and everything. I'll just go into about like what I like about each game. So I'll start off with the Chargers Ravens game. I agree, Chargers are. The better team, you know, I think uh, I think we talked about this on Twitter. We all really agreed that, you know, uh, oh, first off, uh, I apologize. Sorry, Lindsay. Okay, uh, I feel bad. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson looked really, like, uh, inexperienced. You know, he, he was having a hard time. Things weren't going his way. Bunch of turnovers. I think the better team won there. I, I think it really makes it interesting now because uh, you, you almost have Baltimore divided. 
you know, obviously um, Joe Flacco's leaving, but a lot of fans wanted him to come in. But some fans were like, let Jackson say it's Jackson's team. And that was really interesting for the, uh, let's see here, for the other AFC game. What were the two teams you had again? Uh, for the, in the yeah. AFC, Colts and Texans? Oh, yeah, the Colts and Texans. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so yeah. The, that was the kind of the forgettable game. game of the weekend. Right? Yeah. I know, right? It was <laughs> early. It was early. That's why. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that Texans didn't really look good. I think I might have said on the podcast that they haven't really played anybody good outside of their division before, you know, and even then, I think, yeah, the only decent teams they played were decent. They weren't, like, great. So I'm surprised, like, the Colts got out to that uh, early of a lead. But, yeah. Well, they the were outcoached, good. dude. Like, yeah. Bill O'Brien was going for it on fourth down. Yeah. <laughs> like, on plays where he should have just kicked the field, you know, to keep his team alive, where it was, like, do or die. He turned, you know, plays in the first quarter and set, earlier in the game, he turned them into do or die situations. And yeah. where it's, like, you convert and it's, you're a genius. If you don't, then you're in trouble. Well, he did that multiple times, and the team wasn't able to respond. It, in my opinion, he got outcoached by Frank Rick Or Frank yeah. Rick. It's crazy, you know. And honestly, hopefully, like... I'm a big fan of Andrew Luck. I would love to see them somehow upset the Chiefs. I think that'd be crazy. But um, for the NFC game, I it sucks that the Cowboys won because, you know, obviously if the Saints have to play the Cowboys in the championship, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it would be interesting if they had to play the Seahawks too. But um, defenses was great. Um, it's a, I'm surprised. Uh, Zeke went off. Uh, Dak looked pretty decent. Russell Wilson got in there late. It did some stuff, but... And then with the Eagles Bears game, I was really watching that game because of um I have a best friend, his name is Chris, and he's a diehard Eagles fan. He was like freaking out. He texted me, he's like, I literally have no fingernails left. I'm like, dude, I'm not surprised. But um yeah, that was a really good game. Uh Eagles defense looked pretty decent. Uh the, we'll have to get into the whole Nick Foles magic if that's real or if he's just getting lucky. But yeah, a lot of great games and I'm even looking forward more to this round because I think the matchups are even better hyped up like this week i think all of it's going to come like, down to like amazing games this weekend so that i really can't look i really can't wait for so 100 percent um and before we actually move on to breaking down the eagles saints game uh real quick you don't have to give me scores uh let, let, let's predict who we think will win each game chiefs colts I'm going to go with the the I predicted the the Colts to or excuse me the the Chiefs to come away um but I expect the Colts to make it a pretty interesting game. It was one of the hardest uh, uh for me to pick. What are you guys thinking Chiefs Colts? Charlie. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. Or Tyler, take it. Uh I was 3-1 last week. I'll just say that. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs on that one. Okay. Charlie, what you thinking? I'll take the Chiefs um but in a game where it's because I think the spread on that is what five, five and a half points, something yeah, like five, that. It's five and a half, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I, the Chiefs will win, but I don't know if they'll cover that. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think they'll barely co- cover it, but it, it's gonna be tough. Um, Rams, Cowboys. I got the Rams winning this one. The spread on that is seven. Um, I don't think the Rams cover that. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think because of this Cowboys defense and this Rams offense. I mean. Uh, so, sometimes you get a lot better some games than, than the other, and it's almost not really a home field advantage for the Rams, so I expect the Cowboys' defense to show up. 
but also the Rams offense clicks no matter who's there in the backfield. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't think they cover. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Charlie, what you thinking on that one? That's a tough one. It's uh, tough. Yeah. To, me, to me, that is the game. So, you know, that game, you almost have to kind of break it down to really come to a conclusion on it. And the Rams, towards the, the tail end of the season, were not playing good football. The Cowboys have been playing pretty good football um, leading up to this game. And how, you know, what is Todd Gurley's knee situation? You know, he I sure. saw a video of running in practice, but it's not, you know, when you injure something, especially when you're running back and you injure your knee, it's not always a factor of does it hurt or does it feel right. It's, you know, a lot of times it's mental. Do you trust the knee to make that cut? To low, you know, to make that cut to get a first down on on a crucial third, you know, things like that. They really like, they really play a factor. And I don't, I just don't know, man. I don't know what Todd Gurley's knee situation is. He's had about what a month or so to rest it. Um, I don't know that that right there kind of throws me off. And then I'm willing to bet that there are probably as much, if not more, Cowboy fans in LA mm-hmm. than Ram fans, and. Mm-hmm. I mean, we remember earlier in the season when the Packers played in L.A. and there were a lot more Packer fans at that game than Rams fans. And yeah. without a stupid play by Ty Montgomery, the Packers go in there and win. Mm-hmm. The Packers were a 6-9-1 and team. So, you know, the, the whole home field advantage thing for the Rams, you could throw that right out. I don't, you know, the, the Cowboys have their, their off-season program in California, for God's sake. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but here's what I'll say. The Cowboys are, what, 3-5 and five or something like that on the road? They are, yeah. They're they're a different road team than they are at home, which is funny because the Cowboys used to be one of those teams without a home without a home field advantage. They always used to lose at home, um, and the Rams just overall have a lot more offensive talent. It, it's a really really hard game for me to pick. I'm gonna pick the Rams, mm. but I'm not gonna pick them to cover that seven point spread. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. If I had to I put a score on that, I'd say 28-24. I think it's gonna be close. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you, man. I, 28 24 maybe 27 23 something like that in that range because i don't know if the rams are going to be able to light up the scoreboard versus that defense right and i think that zeke is going to be able to run the ball well enough to keep the cowboys consistently in that game and dak has been making plays man i mean he he had that crazy crucial third down conversion against the seahawks where he ran in that little flip thing and almost broke his knee yeah Uh, you know and he had that that Beautiful touchdown pass to Gallup, but he's also known to miss wide open receivers and take way too many sacks and turn the ball over. The Cowboys are the worst red zone offense left in the playoffs. Awful. You know, that that could definitely play a factor. And their kicker has been pretty shaky. So I'm picking the Rams to win, but I'm not picking them to cover. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be close. Uh Tyler, man, Rams, mm-hmm. Cowboys, who you got? I agree with you guys. I think it's really tough. I, I'm picking the Rams if two things happen. Uh if it doesn't happen. I don't know who I'm going to pick. Uh, I'll stay undecided. But I think if Todd Gurley has a bigger impact, you know, uh, the playoffs, it always helps to have a strong, dominant running game to help move the chains. And if Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald can wreak havoc on Dak, and because their their offensive line honestly hasn't been that superior. In the past, it has, but this year it just hasn't. I think if the Rams' defense gets the job done and they can control the ball well with Todd Gurley, despite not having Cooper Cup, I think he'll be a close game. I give the Rams a nod, but if that doesn't happen, 
all my guesses are out the window. Uh, whoever gets the ball last is going to win. Yeah, right. that, that, that definitely could be a factor, too. We could see a, a game-winning drive by either of these quarterbacks who are, I mean, Jared Goff, not so much proven, but he's done so in the past, fourth quarter comeback. Dak Prescott is almost a master of that um, already in his young career. Uh, but I, I tell you what, if the Rams get bounced again after just one playoff game two years in a row, after signing all these defensive guys, and Dominican Sue, I mean, they just paid Aaron Donald, uh, Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, of course. Uh, they just signed Brent. I mean, they they obviously have a, a fairly good future, but they put everything into this year, and if they can't even make it to the NFC Championship That'd be really game again, funny. oh man, that's uh, you got you got to start asking questions about about something going on there. Someone's uh, got to get fired. Well, I, I think it definitely would have to do something with the coaching staff, and and, and more so than not, also. Maybe you look at uh, who who you are signing in the offseason, and, may, and maybe you don't go that direction anymore. Um, yeah, it really takes the wind out of the whole Todd McVay sales if yep. if he's – yeah, I mean, if, if that – he, he cannot – with that roster, dude, yeah. there is no There's excuse no for not playing in the NFC title game. Chargers, yeah. Patriots, this is one of the most interesting games. This is my upset of the week. I got the Chargers win. I, I think the Chargers could win this game by 7 to 10 points. Um, and, cool. and here's the thing why, I mean, if, if I were to pick the Patriots, I I'd be pretty much hedging my bets because, uh, my, 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 my gut is telling me to go the Patriots. It's Tom Brady, Bill Belichick at home. You really can't bet against that, except it's happened before they, they, they have lost before. It's, it's not like it's, it's never, never, ever been done before, especially in a AFC championship game. It's been done before by teams like the, the Ravens with, with Joe Flacco, impressive defense. And the Chargers, like Charlie mentioned, and I agree with, they are the most balanced team of any of the rosters remaining. Yep. Especially there on the defensive side of the ball with guys like Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Desmond King, Derwin James. That's scary. Really, really impressive guys, athletic guys who travel well on the road. They they pretty much become a pack of brothers there. And I think the the, the Patriots are, are going to be a little rusty. I think they're going to come out a little sleepy, and I think... The the Chargers are going to be ready, so I think the Chargers can win this game by seven to ten. I I predicting them. I'm predicting them to win by ten points. Um, Tyler, are you uh, you, you think mm -hmm. I'm crazy? Or are you going are you going Chargers or Patriots in this game? Really impressive. I don't know. I, I think you're crazy for the ten points. Now I will say that I agree with you wholeheartedly. Chargers have a very scary defense. If we were to play them in the Super Bowl, I would legitimately be worried. Um, and the Patriots just haven't been the Patriots this year. You know, I think a part of it is, you know, Gronk hasn't been himself. More importantly, Tom Brady hasn't been himself. He's 41, man. He can't slam it like he used to, you know, and I, I think that plays into it. Sure, you have a great, great head coach. May or may not be a cheater, by the way. Um, and Bill Belichick, but I got some charges on it. I feel like they're the better team. I, I, I can see the upset. I can, I can visualize... It happening for once the Patriots will not be going to the championship game mm. for once so what do you think Charlie uh, yeah I mean didn't I just say the Cowboys Rams game would be the hardest one for me to pick <laughs> yeah. here I am make up your one. mind yeah I, I need to just stop shooting myself in the foot um a coin and okay so yeah. I'm you gonna know go you want to uh, pick the Chargers you know you want to pick the Chargers you know you want to oh I want to pick the Chargers but I if, I just can't do it, man. I can't pick against mm. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at home. You the old gotta, Tom Brady? They're, Pathetic. Look, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm kidding. Go on. They Sorry. have Go this on. buy. They have this. This is this is like riding a bike to these guys, man. They have a first-round buy and host the division round 
in Foxborough every damn year. Like they have got this down pat. It's a it's a routine for them. So I don't think they're going to come out sluggish. They're not that kind of team, man. They're they're one of those. Uh, you prepare well, then you'll <laughs> then you'll Do you'll be job, ready to roll. They always say. Yeah. So I don't know. My my heart is telling me I want Philip Rivers to win, but my brain is telling me Charlie, you're dumb. That's not going to happen because I think I think I think this might be the week. Like I said earlier, that maybe the price the the traveling kind of takes a toll on these dudes, even though, you know, this season there's no reason for me to believe that to be true at all. But I think this might be that week. It's impossible for me to pick against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at home in, in, in January. Um, so I'm going to pick the Patriots to win. Besides it's that crazy. blowout win over the Jets to cap the season off, the Patriots kind of stumbled to the finish line. Uh, they had some big losses late, uh, later in the season than we normally see for them. And they, they got the week off. Uh, to me, I, I just think they're going to come out rusty, I, and I think that's going to be the deciding factor there. I, I, if, if you come out with a slow start, and we've seen it, uh, teams who start out very slow in the first half of these playoff games so far have not fared well. Seattle, slow in the first half. Uh, Baltimore was extremely slow the first three quarters um, against the um, uh, Chargers when they played them. The Texans didn't even score a touchdown, uh, and they were really slow. They they almost started heating up there, but it was too little too late. So I think that is going to be the deciding factor here. But really, really good matchup games, and I think the best one, of course, for us that we're going to get into right now <laughs> are New Orleans Saints sitting at 13-3, and number one seed in the NFC and entire NFL are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles for the second time in the last two months in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, the 9-7 and Philadelphia Eagles, who have won since losing to the Saints 48-7. to They have won six of their last seven games, including a shutout win over the Redskins to end, end the season and win them uh, playoff berth. And, of course, last week's win over the Chicago Bears uh, in the wildcard round. Right now, the over-under is set at 51, and the spread uh, is 8 points to favor the Saints. So the Saints are favored by 8 points. That's the biggest margin uh, for any of the teams playing. Of course, this is the 1v6, um, but it's still uh, 2.5 points higher than the 5.5-point spread of the other 1v6 matchup, which is the Chiefs and the Colts. And some may argue that the uh, Eagles have almost as much momentum, pretty close, uh, uh, as the Colts do, due to uh, all these wins in a row. Uh, finishing so well in the regular season, winning a uh, playoff game on the road when you weren't supposed to. Uh, so the Eagles uh, have, have come to play. They, of course, have a different different quarterback, which is going to be our first topic right now, actually. Is Nick Foles real? Is is the magic he's showing, is it real? Um, and, and, and I'll argue. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first, Tyler, because I know you mentioned it earlier, oh so I'll let you go first. But for me... Nick Foles is not playing at like an e- an elite level to get this playoff team going. I think the changes in the Eagles have started with the coaching staff and trickled down into the effort we've seen on the defensive side of the ball to keep the Eagles in the game with the RPO style that Nick Foles brings, which is fairly easy to execute in today's NFL if you do it correctly, which the Eagles do. Now that their weapons are healthy, uh, because Alshon Jeffrey was hurt a little bit, uh, when Carson Wentz was playing earlier in this year. Same with Nelson Aguilar. Um, Zach Ertz was banged up a little bit. Now that they're all healthy, everybody, uh, all the weapons around, Golden Tate, of course, they traded for, is, is coming into his own. That's starting to help out Nick Foles, but I don't think Foles himself is the reason these Eagles have turned around. I don't think it's any magic coming from him. Tyler, would you mm-hmm. agree or disagree with that? 
here's what I'll say. Is Nick Foles elite? I don't know. Uh, if I had to uh, weigh it, I would most likely say no. Is he a decent quarterback who can get the job done and miraculously lead the Eagles on a, a huge drive uh, towards the end of the season to get them to the postseason? We've seen it, yes. I think he's a very solid quarterback. Uh, it's funny, my friend and I, Chris, we were talking about it. Uh, is he worth the money for the Eagles to keep them? Like, with the injuries for that team and everything, I said yes simply because he's a solid quarterback, and a lot of teams right now could use a solid quarterback that, that most of the time he gets the job done. Now, he does make mistakes, you know, and I, I've seen games where he's played better. I've seen games where he's played worse. This isn't a Nick Foles a quarterback either that's just been with the Eagles. We've seen moments where he's traveled to so many different teams, and he's absolutely bombed. It seems like just the right pairing, just the right head coaching, just the right combination of the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles, they make it work. You know, and it's almost crazy to say that, but, like, they're just pretty lucky, I guess, you know? And is he real? A part of me wants to think so, but I think a part of it, I think, is him being hyped up. Now, excuse my language here. I think a lot of the media outlets and a lot of uh, different things are D-writing. I'm not going to say the whole D-writing. <laughs> you figure it out yourself, kids. But um, uh, So, for example, I was watch- I was scrolling through Twitter, and Good Morning Football, uh, they were they mentioned the Sean Payton thing with the money. They have a shrine dedicated to Nick Foles. Like, are you kidding me? A backup quarterback? Like, he's good. <laughs> I get he's good, but he is not elite. He is not worth all of that. Like, the Saints are going to blow out the Eagles at home this weekend. Nick Foles is going to hopefully have a terrible game. And then everybody is going to come crashing down to earth to say, oh, Nick Foles blew it. You know, that's what I hope happens. But is he elite? No. Is he good? decent sure so that'd be my thoughts okay okay uh and and i agree with that there's and the first question you asked tyler is is nick Foles elite that's not a question that's that's a simple answer that's a no he's not yeah. elite there's no there's, if he was elite he'd already be a starter years ago for a different team well well e- even so the numbers he puts up just just aren't elite in the small sample yeah. size They're just good given. enough to get the job done in my opinion yeah no that's exactly it and 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 he's essentially makes him a utility quarterback can we throw you in and and, and can you get us uh, uh competitive which is which is not easy to do in the nfl i'm not saying what Nick Foles brings to the table is run-of-the-mill average. He, he's above average. He, he's good. He's nowhere near elite to me, but he has a winner's mentality, I, I, and I think uh, the Eagles being able to perform very well on defense, shutting out these teams, getting the Eagles within winning range. Um, he's really only had two spectacular games uh, this season, mm-hmm. and last week was not one of them against a stout Bears defense. Uh, Charlie, what are you thinking on on, on the matter with, with Nick <laughs> Foles? I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. With Nick, with Nick Foles in particular. So I think Nick is a good quarterback. I think he could start on, you know, several NFL teams right now. Um, but, you know, sometimes there's, there's a quarterback and coach marriage that just kind of works. I mean, yeah. pure talent-wise – Carson Wentz is 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 in my opinion is much better than than Nick Foles. I mean, let's not forget before Carson Wentz's injury last year, he was basically the front runner for MVP. Um, yeah, and you know, unfortunately, he got hurt, and Nick Nick Foles came in. But you know, Nick Foles just—I don't know if it's more so Nick Foles or the brilliance of Doug Peterson to change his offense because 
the types of throws and the types of route concepts and things like that that are ran with Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz are a lot different because the arm talent is totally different. I mean, Carson Wentz, the kind of dude that could stand, you know, at the 30-yard line and throw it to the opposite end zone with no problem. Yeah. Nick Foles isn't that kind of guy. He's a rhythm and timing kind of guy. So, I mean, I think Nick Foles, obviously he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. We've seen it before. Um, but, he, you know, he also kind of got hot. He, he, he did get hot. And, you know, last week he threw inter- two interceptions. Uh, exactly. One was Nobody's really talking about it. Well, one was a really good play by Roquan Smith, but but I mean it was still he threw a, a throw in tight coverage. I think I think the type of game that he presents to us is it it almost is harder for us to stop. I, I could agree. The like the reason why we were able to get after Carson Wentz and because you know he, he takes a little bit longer to throw the ball. He, and he was he, injured. He was injured too. And then that, yeah. like that's that's the reason the Eagles weren't 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 playing at the top level with the Wentz. Wentz Wentz is fantastic yeah, when he's fully healthy. Him. But he's right. and I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Charlie. Sorry there. But he I mean he yeah. he was injured for a good chunk of the season, including our game. And now that you have a fully healthy, you know, quarterback there, uh, things right. are of course going to be looking up, uh, no matter who it is, really. Yeah, I mean he 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 was hurt. His knee never was really fully ready to go. Mm-hmm. He hurt his back. He yeah. he just wasn't he wasn't himself. But I don't know. Nick Foles is a good quarterback. He presents yeah. uh, a certain challenge for our defense. And you know, oh, will the hype train keep going? Nah, I, I think it ends this weekend. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Hopefully for us it does. But um, it's still very impressive to see something like you. You don't see this often in. In the NFL, this is this is reminds me sort of what what's been happening with Nick Foles over this these past couple of years is almost uh, linsanity on steroids as we saw in the NBA almost seven years ago back in 2012 with you know an, an underdog guy coming in for an injured star so to speak and and right. just playing lights out and 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 the most important part was that during linsanity the Knicks won a lot of games and that's what the Eagles are doing with Foles that's the most important part. They're winning lots of games. It doesn't matter how good you do unless you win those games. That's how people are going to remember you. So I think that's kind of what's going on. And and if the Saints are able to stop that on, on Sunday, that's just another big accomplishment for this already crazy year. Um, and, and, and speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles weapons, I think that's going to be the most interesting matchup for us because I'm still not 100% confident <clears throat> after watching Week 17, um, after seeing some hiccups, even though they've had really impressive games, I'm still not completely sold on our secondary. And I understand a lot of their numbers are poor due to teams having to catch up with the Saints in games. Um, but I, I still have not seen enough out of Eli Apple to reassure me that he is going to be uh, consistent there at the number two slot going up against guys like Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar. Um, obviously, he's he shown technique flaws in the past, but his athleticism can make up for it, and he does have nice length. So, um, and, and Marshawn Lattimore, we know how, how great he has been this season. Uh, we've seen him out of half hiccups, but it's, it's been a while. Um, week, week, week 17 wasn't anything to rave about. And of course, he, uh, he limped off the field, apparently. Um, but uh, going up against mm. guys, like, like I'm saying, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz there at the tight end spot, Golden Tate out of the slot. And we lost Patrick Robinson earlier this season. He would be really important right now to go up, but now we got to rely on you know PJ Williams, who has been burned a lot. Marcus Williams is. We were expecting Marcus Williams to have a redemption season right after the the meaningless miracle. Haven't really quite got that level of play out of Williams, but yeah, he's still reliable. And Von Bell is great run support. 
um, and, and he does okay coverage, but I'm still not sold on this team playing a lot of man-to-man. I still think that it's possible with the weapons that the Eagles have that the Saints could let up a couple of easy touchdowns. Maybe, maybe the Eagles march down the field because they're finding soft spots there in the secondary. I'm confident in our linebacking core, but our secondary I'm not sold on. Uh, Charlie, mm-hmm. would you agree with that? W- uh, uh, do you think um, I'm, I may be overestimating how, how big of an X factor the Eagles' weapons will be going up against our secondary? No, no, no. I think the it's been tossed around on Twitter and, you know, other analysts have kind of said it. Um, you know, the, the, these dudes are big, man. They're like yeah. big basketball players. The two tight ends are very big and are Dallas, very – Dallas Godare, sorry, is the other one. Yeah, I forgot to mention him. Right, yeah, they're they're very athletic. And, and Dallas Goddard, he's, he's come on mm-hmm. like, like big time. Yeah. Um, and so that that's going to present – a problem for for our our linebackers and our safeties who who's going to cover those two guys you know like i mean i have my own breakdown on how i think it's going to happen but um i think those weapons you know that's tough golden tate is the is the saints killer man he he really is he was he was a big time saints killer when he played for uh the lions mm-hmm. uh the, what the seahawks i mean yep. he's he's been a saints killer he's the yak machine he and he he hadn't really been acclimated into the offense, and lo and behold, on a four, crazy fourth down play, he's he's the guy who makes who makes the the touchdown catch. and And Alshon Jeffrey is a good wide receiver. He's a big body dude who can go up and get the ball. Um, Nelson Aguilar is is another one of those guys who's good in the slot and can do some things on the inside and on the outside. And Mike Wallace is their burner who has been hurt and he may not play this week, but that's another issue for us to deal with if he does play so i I mean i definitely see the challenge um from from those weapons uh you know versus us and the one thing is you know they get sproles back i don't think they had sproles last time we played Mm. them um and you know he's he's not he's not the same running back he was you know seven eight years ago but he he's still a good receiving threat out of the backfield so you know that one of the hardest combinations to stop in the in in the nfl is a good receiving tight end and a good receiving running back because you tend to cover those positions with this with the same people on defense um you know and they have they have two good receiving tight ends and in a good mm-hmm. receiving backfield so there's there's some things there that the saints are going to have to address 100 percent. would you agree with that tyler uh eagles weapons something to worry about majorly on sunday it's okay i do agree that the eagles weapons are something that we should definitely keep an eye on now Dayton it's funny you like I don't know if I would say you like trashed our secondary but I actually disagree I think our secondaries I've seen enough in my opinion to give them the benefit of the doubt here's why so we know Lattimore he's talented he's capable etc I I feel like I'm starting to get Eli Apple now and it's funny Nick uh, Underhill actually just came out with an article today he came out one a while ago about Eli Apple how how he plays every single game he takes differently how he he sort of it takes a little time to get adjusted but once he he does he's locked in he's focused he he gets it done and i've been looking at the stats and pff actually agrees with that i i don't remember the specifics but he's been playing well well uh better than ken crawley could in my opinion at this point in time oh absolutely P- I'm, I'm not arguing yeah. with that but that's not saying much playing better than ken crawley unless you're billy bando nobody really <laughs> thinks that that's very impressive yeah you're playing better one than more ken thing crawley. too uh, PJ Williams in the slot has been pretty decent, you know, as a third cornerback, uh, 
He's been playing decent too, and I don't know. I just I feel like, you know, I feel like the Saints. I don't know. I, I just like I really want this game to confirm it for me. But I feel like the secondary is going to do well, and I know the Eagles' weapons are going to be a challenge. But I don't know. I've got the confidence. I think they're going to do well though, and I think we've got a pretty decent secondary. I know it's not our strongest suit, but yeah. it's better than it has been before. So I mean, compared to everything, I mean the only core weaker than our secondary on this team is our wide receiver core overall yeah um, i agree I, th- I think everywhere else we're pretty stout at so um i i think i think maybe that's where my extra critique comes in because it is one of the weaker spots but it's still a damn good lot of more apple when they're on they're on williams when he's on he's on so it, j- it just yeah. depends on which version of the guys we're going to get essentially um, but yeah, overall very talented, uh, and I want to go over the injury report as well. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but all of the Saints practiced, um, and they had a few limited guys. Yeah, a few limited guys, but everybody practiced. The three guys on the injury report: Ryan Ramchick, Andres Pete, Alex Okafor. They're all questionable, but it sounds like they're most likely going to be good to go on Sunday for the Eagles. Everybody on this list I'm about to name that was listed questionable practiced except for Michael Bennett. Um, right. Jason Peters, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Mike Wallace. So that's three of the receivers we mentioned, and Jason Peters, their left tackle, most important, or I'd say second most important offensive line. Kelsey, J- Jason Kelsey is pretty damn, pretty damn good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, four really important guys there on the offensive side of the ball. Sounds like they're going to be uh, just fine to play on on Sunday, but that is something to, to be aware of. Possibly. Um, limited reps in games for any of those guys on on either either team that i mentioned uh possible um you know high risk of of re-injuring uh whichever injury that they do have so that is something to keep an eye on even though they are going to be healthy going into the game but it is great to finally you know due to rest and due to the eagles just you know already having major major injuries earlier on in the season uh, both teams are healthy coming into this playoff game so and i'm glad for that you always wish good health to players and it's exciting to see two teams at full strength going at it um and i actually also want to flip sides now talk about the saints offense going against this eagles defense Eagles defense, of course, has Fletcher Cox, one of the best defensive linemen in the game. They have Nigel Broadham, who has turned himself. He was a free agent this past year. Um, the Saints ended up signing Demario Davis, but Nigel Broadham was another guy on the radar they could have went after. He re-signs with the Eagles, and he's had a stellar year for them. He, he, he's one of the leaders there on defense. Tim Jernigan, uh, of course, uh, the the ageless veteran. Uh, he's been playing fantastic for the Eagles ever since he's come onto the team. Um, but their secondary has a, a lot to be... Um, I guess uh, satisfied. It's mainly due to the injuries, though. I don't. I. I can't really trash their defense too much because it's a lot of like the replacements guys playing. Like they. they they've had so many guys. I mean, one of the guys on their team, um, Le- LeBlanc, uh, from, uh, Jim Schwartz didn't even know who he was before they signed him, and he's like, I. Mm. I, I had no idea who this LeBlanc guy was, but thank God we signed him. He's. He's been playing good. So their defense has been playing great for who they actually have, or their secondary, excuse me, for who they actually have, but it's still run-of-the-mill, below-average, below-par secondary, going up against a um, Mm -hmm. below-par wide receiver core for the Saints, as I mentioned. Michael Thomas is really the only guy who's been consistent. Ted Ginn Jr., I think, is going to be the major, major, major X-factor for the Saints in this game because he opens up that offense, especially with Michael Thomas, but we'll see which... uh, um, I guess how many reps? It seems like he's he's going to be healthy enough with the extra week to go. So hopefully that'll be good. But behind Ted Ginn Jr., um, guys like Traquan Smith have been in and out. 
Um, of course, Keith Kirkwood just has not gotten enough reps, but he is a rookie, undrafted rookie, so it's going to take a little bit for his trust to be built up. Austin Carr, same thing. It just seems like he's really only on the team because Drew Brees has been vouching for him. We've mentioned that before. Tom Lee Lewis has been given little opportunities, and he hasn't made the most out of them when he's been given them. So it's just underwhelming, and but of course you have the best backfield duo in Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in the entire NFL. Um, but you're going up against a fairly weak secondary. You're going to have to rely on Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn Jr., but behind that, you don't have much going on for the Saints. Um, Tyler, Charlie, whoever wants to start with it, how, what's your confidence level with the weapons around Drew Brees going into this game uh, against a fairly weak secondary but a front seven that has been very scary uh, mm-hmm. the, very recently for for the Eagles. What are you guys thinking about that? How, what's your confidence level for our guys surrounding Drew Brees? Mine is high, and let me tell you, you mentioned it yourself, Dan. We have Drew Brees, the yeah. God, the GOAT, the Hall of Famer. He'll get it done. Sure. And you mentioned the defensive line is scary for the Eagles. Our offensive line mm-hmm. is scary for the Saints when they're completely healthy. And guess what? We've got Armstead back. We've got Pete back. We've got everybody back, and the Saints are going to be flattening people out like pancakes so it doesn't really concern me. As long as they're not triple-teaming Michael Thomas, we should be fine. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, is sure we might be lacking receivers, but we've got two running backs that can catch the ball, too, Ingram and Kamara. So I, I think we should be fine. What do you think, Charlie? Um, You know, so the last time we played against them, they double-teamed Michael Thomas, and they double-teamed Kamara. And it opened up Traquan Smith. I mean, Michael yeah. Thomas still almost had 100 yards. Um, Traquan Smith, had a good game. Kamara had a decent Yeah, he had a decent game. Um, you know, I, I feel like if you're going to try to defend the Saints, what you need to do is you need to double – you have to double-team Michael Thomas. You absolutely have to on every single play. You have to – you have to double team him, or else he Michael Thomas is that good that he can take over a game completely. You have to double team him, so I, I expect that, and I expect you know maybe Malcolm Jenkins on Camara kind of thing, and then after that it's 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 kind of like we've been saying these these other guys whoever's active um, they got to step up you know, and I have confidence that they can you know I, I definitely do I think I think. I think they can, and I, I think they will. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Traquan again. I don't know if it's going to be Keith Kirkwood. Um, and, and Dayton, you talked about Ted Ginn. It looks like Ted Ginn is 100% back to where he needs to be for the playoffs. Thank and God. I, yeah, and I, and yeah, I, I think the that, if that is if that indeed is the case, then I feel really good about going up against their their secondary. Their secondary's got issues, man. I mean, I know they've <laughs> kind of played, they've kind of played better, but they they've just got some issues, and I think. They get beat on double moves, too. Yeah, and I, I think that there will be a game plan to attack that secondary, probably early and often, even though this is a game where I'd like to start running the ball early and often. Same. I could see you know, the first 15 or so scripted plays from our offense, just kind of seeing what we know we can get from, from the secondary and then, and, then, you know, and then go from there. Man, we need to get Ted Ginn Jr. on the show. I he he mm-hmm. is just so awesome. important to this team. I think he's one of the most underrated guys. Um, and and it showed when he went out. Obviously, we didn't win a lot of games once once Ted Ginn Jr. went down. But our offense was at times lackadaisical. Lackadaisical. Thank you, Charlie. Lackadaisical. <laughs> Uh, like no other, and I think it was because we had nobody to open up the offense or be a deep threat like Ted Ginn Jr. can provide for us. We we saw Keith Kirkwood be a deep threat every every so often, and that w- led to miraculous plays for the Saints. 
but he just didn't get enough reps. And Tedgan Jr., now that he's back, will hopefully fill in that spot. And Tyler, I'm, I'm with you. Our offensive line, when healthy, is, is one of the best. It's a beast. Arguably the yeah. best in the league. Uh, top-notch guys, veteran guys as well, Besides, really, really besides Ramchick. All of those guys are, are, are seasoned veterans who are, are ready to go at it. Um, so... Anything else you guys want to say? Oh, oh, I do want to mention, of course, this is uh, the, the Saints arguably ran up the score against the Eagles last time these guys played. Mm. Um, there was a lot of time left in the fourth quarter, but it was fourth and seven in Eagles territory. It was at an awkward field position. Of course, uh, Drew Brees gets the bomb to Alvin Kamara over former teammate Malcolm Jenkins in the end zone. Um, and I think that rubbed more so Eagles fans the wrong way than, than in any of the Eagles players, but the players and coaches will definitely remember that going into the game, and they will remember uh, Alvin Kamara mentioning that the Saints would beat the F-U-C-K out of the Eagles last year in the NFC Championship game had they advanced past Minnesota. Now this is a playoff setting that the Saints wanted and, and would have gotten, um, and, and now they got to make the most out of it. So I think that carries a lot of baggage here with this game. It's going to be highly emotional. Both teams are going to want this a whole lot. We saw what Sean Payton did in the locker room, bringing in the Lombardi Trophy and $225,000 and saying, hey, you guys want this? Win three freaking games. And, of course, he did not say freaking. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really pumped for this game, guys. The, the, there, there's not much else to say besides I'm really freaking excited because we got the matchup we wanted, right? We, we, we got to play the 60. We got to play the Eagles at home. Um, there, there's really no excuses for this team and I have a lot of confidence in them. I think they're going to pull this off. Um, you guys mm-hmm. want to get into score predictions? Anything else you guys want to say got, about this game? I'm fired up right now. I think it, I've got come... one thing. Oh, good. Go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, okay. I, I was just going to say X factors. Uh, one big guy I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, uh, Marcus Davenport, man. Uh, see, let's see how he does uh, in the postseason. You know? Yeah. Because you know we, we know what to expect out of Okafor. We know what to expect out of Cameron Jordan. I've been watching. Um. On their YouTube channel, you know, the Saints have their little YouTube channels where they post, like, interviews and stuff. And I forget who, but somebody was interviewing Davenport. And they're like, well, how do you expect to play? Like, he was just talking about, like, uh, improving his technique, you know, really getting home and finishing up on things. And, uh, you know, so I'm really excited to see him. And I'm really excited to see uh, Demarrell Davis, too. You know, um, I- I'm curious to see uh, who he goes up against in the passing game, you know, when he's in coverage. But... The dude's a force to be reckoned with, man. Like, he just runs up the guts sometimes and sacks quarterbacks. He's really good at making stops. He's really good at the run game, just everything. So those yeah. are my two guys, but if you guys had anything. My, uh, my, I mean, the thing that I'm really, really going to watch over the next few days is which linemen are going to be available. Yeah, they were all at practice, but they they were the linemen, okay, Pete, Warford, Bushrod, and Armstead were all limited in practice. And I don't know what in the hell that means. You know, I don't know what limited means. What were they what were they able to do? What weren't they able to do? Um so that that's a big deal. I mean, if our O line was a hundred percent healthy, then like I really would have no worries pretty much for our offense the offensive side of the ball for the rest of the playoffs. But I, I just I get I don't think that's the case, man. I don't think our offensive line is is fully 100% healthy. I mean, these guys are all on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Um, For so a that's reason, just, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and actually, we were talking about the Rams game earlier. As mm-hmm. the uh, Todd Gurley's off the injury report. Completely. Wow. I retweeted it on Twitter. Wow. He's good yeah. to go. Good. I don't, I've been trying to scan through and see what was up with our 
our injuries today, I haven't seen anything. And usually by now, it's 4.15 Eastern. Usually by now, we at least know who was at practice and who wasn't at practice. And for whatever reason, I'm not seeing it. So I don't, I don't know what's up with that. We don't, get our, we don't get our injury report until – well, actually, we don't get our injury report until around now anyway. So I don't know. I don't know what's up, man. I, wanna, I don't know who practiced. That's big. Same. Um, we need some it, credentials, damn it. Yeah, we need to <laughs> – yeah. Well, so one of my favorite followers is Dr. David Chow yeah. at, at Football Doc, and I retweeted one of his articles today where he breaks down the health issues of each of the games this weekend. And for the Saints-Eagles, he, he talked about the, our offensive line and the fact that we have so many guys on the injury report. Um, and he really thinks that Armstead probably is not a – he probably can't play. And if he does play, there's a high risk probability of him re-aggravating that torn pec. That's uh, not good. It's not good. You know that it just sucks, man. I love Armstead. I just wish he could somehow stay healthy, man. Yeah, um, give him on some steroids or something. I'm something, just playing deer antler juice or whatever they're taking. <laughs> uh, so that's that's really where I'm at, man. It, it's it's figure out who's going to be available on the offensive line. If not Armstead, can Bushrod be able to go and and perform? That'd be awesome. If Bushrod could. Yeah. That. That's where I'm at. That's really the X factor for me in this game is the health of our offensive line. I, I'm confident in, in the rest of the team that they're going to do what they need to do. But if uh, if Drew Brees has guys in his face all day like he did versus the Cowboys, it could be a really long day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's. Um, I, I agree with you. The health of the offensive line is absolutely, especially for the protection of Drew Brees against a, a team that's going to be coming after him uh, to try to try to slow this offense down, get them out of rhythm. Um, it's going to be important for them to be able to block for Breeze. Um, and, I, yeah, my two X factors, I mentioned him before, Ted Ginn Jr. He's going to be able to open up the offense. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, Von Bell is my X factor because I believe he's he's going to create a, a crucial turnover for this team um, in, in the game uh, like he did against Carolina. Um, yeah, just, just absolute fantastic technique, um, punching out the ball. I feel like something like that is going to happen against the Eagles. I, 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 just, I just have a That'd feeling cool. so. Um, those are my two important X factors. Um, but yeah, let's get into score predictions. I'll, I'll go and go first. I have the Saints winning, of course, and uh, the spread is eight. I have the Saints covering that. I have them winning 31 to 19. I think the Eagles are, are a few times are going to be able to get into the red zone or, or, or close to there, but I think the Saints are going to be able to control them on third down because they've improved on that so much since last season on, on defense, stopping teams on third down. And uh, I think they'll force a lot of field goals. And I think that the Saints will be able to pile on some points. Um, and it might take a little bit for them to get into the rhythm. It, it, it's either going to be the Saints won't score a point until midway through the second quarter, or they're going to score uh, a touchdown on their first three drives. It, it's going to be – there's not, there's not going to be anything in between. Uh, that's how, that's how the, the two games this way could go. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I have them winning 31-19. and um, I'll go to you, Tyler. Who score oh, prediction? Boy. Who do you think is going to win? And tell me why. Saints win thirty-eight to twenty-four. Um, I think uh, I think uh, the Eagles get some like fourth quarter, last minute points, but it's not going to be enough. I think the offense is on fire. The defense will do a lot to help them in turn, and uh, I would love to see a throw a pick, Nick. That'd be awesome to see. <laughs> but, um, so thir- yeah, thirty-one twenty-four. Uh, 38-24. 38-24, all right. Yeah, and Charlie, double doink by the Eagles. I think um, <clears throat> I think it really uh, depends on how we defend Nick Foles. Like one of the things I wanted to talk about was 
how how Nick Foles gets rid of the ball so fast. Like that when you go back and kind of look at his his success, um Nick Foles on average gets the ball out in two and a half seconds. Dang. So that is really hard to get to the quarterback when the, when your when the passer is throwing the ball that fast, and a lot of that is all by design. It's you know the RPOs that we hear uh, all the time at nauseum. Um, it's it's the quick reads. It's the timing. You know he he's a an in between the numbers type of thrower. You know he's not throwing outside. He's not throwing deep outside. I think um, something like the the 10 to 19 yards outside the numbers to the right is the only thing he'll do if not throwing in the middle. So the the defensive uh on our on our defensive side of the ball I I think what you're going to see is some zone blitzes to kind of throw off of his his timing a little bit um defending the the field from the inside out, you know, start with the middle, make sure the tight ends are on lock, don't let the slot receivers win those inside battles and then um and then on the defensive line i've been saying it all week i hope this is like one of those games like the lions last year where it seemed like every time stafford was throwing the ball we were batting the ball down Mm -hmm. um i think that'll be the key because i don't want our guys to get frustrated if we're not getting if we're not getting to him, you know, early and often or getting a lot of hits or pressures on him because he is one of those quarterbacks and this offensive system that Peterson has for him is one of those systems where the ball comes out quick. It's a timing offense. You can throw that timing off by sticking your big paw up in the air and knocking the ball down or or, or blocking his uh, throwing lane, you know. that That's really what I, I want to see on, on defense. And I think if all that happens and we're able to, to contain what Nick Falls does well on our offense – you know, can come out and get rolling. I think the Saints should cover. I think the Saints should probably win thirty to twenty. I feel like this mm. could, that's probably going to be the score, but I also feel like this could be a game where we win like twenty to seventeen if it's a defensive struggle. But then I also feel like if everything goes our way and the Superdome is loud and going nuts, we could beat these guys thirty-eight to ten. Like yeah. I think. So which one's your score prediction? (laughs) With what I think is going to happen is 30 to 20. But I could see the opposite ends of the spectrum happening. Mm -hmm. Just depending on the the flow of the game. But I think law of averages, you know, the bell curve of of possibilities of what could happen, I'm going to go 30 to 20 Saints. But either way, no matter what happens, the the Saints will win, right? Essentially is what what you're saying. Well, because... It's impo- it's uh, it's almost impossible to come into the dome and win. I yeah. tweeted earlier today. I was listening to SiriusXM uh, NFL Radio, and Brett Favre has like a an hour long segment in like one Ooh. of the midday uh, shows. I saw that. Yeah, and he was talking about just how loud it is in there. And I've been in there, Tyler. You've been in there. You know how loud no, it can get. It's insane. But, it, but in the playoffs, it can get even louder, which to me is just insane. I mean. At the loudest of the loudest I've ever heard the Superdome, you couldn't like if the person right sitting right next to you, you couldn't was, even hear him. was screaming at you trying to tell you something, you couldn't hear them. That's how loud it is. It's like Yeah. And and what Brett Favre said, he compared it to seeing the Grand Canyon or a Redwood Tree in California. If you see a picture of that on a phone versus being there in person, you have to see it and feel it in person to really appreciate it. And 
and and he also went on to say, you know, when he when he played for the Vikings and they came in for that championship game, they were actually able to get the crowd out of it mm-hmm. because they drove down the field and scored right away. It was one of those back and forth kind of games. And then at the end of the game, the crowd got back into it and helped us helped us win. You know, it's it's hard to win there. Sean Payton and Drew Brees haven't lost at home in the playoffs yet. The yep. the Saints as a team haven't lost in in at home in the playoffs since '93. It's really hard to go in there and win. Um, just because of the, the the design of the dome and the heart and spirit of the fans, so I, I think it's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard. I don't care who it is coming in there. It would it would be a hard hard game to win. And and if you're going to the game, I don't care how much you need to drink or do whatever to get ready to roll. Uh, drink your tea, <laughs> drink uh-huh. your whiskey or your beer, or whatever. Get ready to roll and just go crazy. Lose your voice. Off, lose your voice. Go nuts. And then after the game. Uh, Choppa is going to be at the Harris Casino doing a free concert. Oh, so yeah. walk from the Superdome. We're ha- we're happy as hell. We're still drunk. We don't really have a voice because we just won. Call out and of work Monday. Casino, call, I hope uh. everyone down there is called out of work already. And go to the casino and party with Choppa style. You know, hey. Get a win, man. Three more effing games. Get a win. This is just w- the next game on the schedule. After this, there will be two more games. Essentially, three playoff home games, and you'll get you'll get a Lombardi trophy. Yeah. Oh Nick, my gosh. Nick it's gonna be crazy, man. I can't wait. Nick Foles' only playoff loss of his career against to the Saints, Saints back in 2013, about six years ago that that happened. So yeah, and we were able to do that on the road. In yes. Old because nobody we, thought we would win that game. I remember nobody, nobody thought we win the game. Said, the reason, oh, the Saints, come on! And the home. reason we won that game was because we we packed our our running our run game, and Kyrie Robinson and yes. Mark Ingram ran that game away. That was that was the legendary Kyrie Robinson game. That that's what I mean. He had an up and down career with the Saints. He was mainly like a third string guy, return specialist type guy. That game solidified him in and you know Saints Saints history. That made that made a name for him as a Saint. Yeah, I mean Bill Parcells called him the next Curtis Martin, yeah. and he he broke his leg, and then he kind of just disappeared and doesn't play football anymore. It's really weird. Unfortunately, yeah. But uh, so those are prediction, guys. We're all saying the Saints are going to come away with the victory. If you agree or disagree, let us know at the WDD podcast. We'll be posting our predictions as well. Uh, we don't have time for the coaching news, uh, all, all the new coaches. We'll, we'll cover that some other time. I know tomorrow on a new episode of this podcast with with Ross Jackson, um, we'll we'll be discussing the coaches a little bit. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. But that's all the time we have for the episode today. Anything else you guys want to say before we uh, send it off to the outro? Yep, double doink, home of the dome. Uh, who that? <laughs> Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, uh, hoping for uh, hoping for a good Sunday. That's for sure. Go you Saints, know. baby. All right, Tyler, take it away, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning to this amazing episode of the Who That Dish podcast. Like Dane's been saying, guys, make sure to check out all of our social media. Support us there. We love interacting with you guys. And uh, yeah, you definitely gotta check out that Des Bryant thing. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. At the WDD podcast, you can follow Charlie at St. Charlie. You can follow Dayton at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. Follow myself at Raymond Tyler M. And uh, yeah, go follow Desmarine too and uh, see if you can talk to him. Uh, best times are usually when nobody's uh, harassing him or around like 3 a.m. or something like that. Uh, make sure to go check out uh, hoodaddish.com. Uh, we have amazing uh, uh, writers writing articles, talking about the Saints, everything you need to know. Get ready for the playoffs and go check out our podcast episode links. You can find them on Spreaker.com and on iTunes if you have an iPhone. 
Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to look out for the following episode, which will be released within the next couple days. Uh, and follow us on all the accounts. Also, rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes. It's very important and appreciative that you do that. Um, and, again, thanks so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you guys very soon. And, as always, who that?